0: edition of the Standard Room Only podcast, the Happy Thanksgiving edition of the podcast. Happy Thanksgiving because the Washington football team had a rousing win over the Dallas Cowboys. And also, we finally, I think I finally solved the mystery of Dan Snyder's comment from January 2nd when he randomly opens a press conference introducing Ron Rivera with Happy Thanksgiving, right? He's a time traveler who was telling us on January 2nd that fans of the team will have a Happy Thanksgiving, right? Sure. That makes as much sense as anything else. We, we, we've been able to ascertain with regards to that random comment. Uh, there was a lot of intrigue today with this big win, and I just discussed all of it with Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch, along with Matt Paris from the Washington Times. I'm going to play that with you guys or for you guys in just a moment. If you're not already a subscriber to the podcast, you can do that easily. Go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google, uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you do your podcasting subscribe. If you're an iTunes person, uh, you know, I always appreciate it if you guys leave a rating uh, and uh, if you have time for a comment, I'll take it. I really appreciate that. People seem to think that's important when it comes to finding the podcast. Um, by the way, I should also say you can find me on Twitter at Ben Standick, at Ben Standick, that's my name, and read my work on The Athletic. Um, I didn't write post-game. I will have something up later this weekend and then, of course, plenty going forward here. Pittsburgh next week, lots to get into because, look, Whatever I want to say about this division scenario, they're in it right now for sure. They are now, like I said, in first place in the division right now going into Sunday. That may change by the time we get through uh, so, some other games. But regardless, that's where they're at now. They've got some momentum, two wins in a row. And um, that was a fun game. Then that was kind of the theme of the, the, our discussion. That fun was back in the house. It did, they didn't just win. Sure, Dallas was was not exactly a... a, 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 a you know, Dallas isn't exactly like a very good team, but that's all right. They uh, Washington did what they had to do, and all three phases contributed. It was a very intriguing win for sure. So let me not dawdle anymore. Let's get to it. Again, um, Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch and Matt Paris from the Washington Times here on the Standard Room Only Podcast. All right, it is post-game Thanksgiving. Uh, two of us are uh, back in D.C., Ready to hit the refrigerator after we finish the podcast. That's myself and Matt Parrish from The Washington Times and talking to us from, I was going to say lovely Dallas. I don't really know if it's lovely, but uh, he's lovely. Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch was at the game. He's now driving back to his hotel. Uh, fellas, I appreciate you uh, you, you, you coming on. M- Michael, I guess since you're that you're there, uh, what was it like hearing 30,000 people uh, get uh, get silenced in the second half when Washington <laughs> put the whooping on Dallas in the fourth quarter.
1: Dude, it was funny because they didn't get silent; they booed. They they were letting Mike McCarthy have it. I, I, you know, getting a little taste of the the press box here in the local media. It is not going to be kind to Dallas tomorrow. And look, that that's the risk you run as a coach because. You know, sometimes the trick plays don't work, and sometimes, uh, you know, you go out on a limb and it's not there, and, and Scott Turner lived that a couple weeks ago in Detroit when he when he torpedoed a perfectly good drive, uh, but but to be in that particular situation, I, I you know, you, you hate to second guess a trick play, because on paper it worked, it had a good intention, whatever, but man, throwing on fourth and one instead of going with a with run game and then the fake punt, I, I just thought it was two very poor decisions. I, I, the fans agreed with me.
0: Uh, the, 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 the fake the fake punt for, for Dallas' situation was crazy. It almost felt like McCarthy was seeing Washington doing all kinds of fun stuff, Scott Turner on offense, uh, and he's like, oh, we got to do something. I, I mean, they were only down four points, and they were the balls deep in their territory, fourth and ten, uh, th- th- totally – totally uh b- b- bizarre uh but anyway it was yep. a a tremendous win for Washington we'll get we'll get to whether they're actually good in a minute we'll talk about the NFC east in a minute even though Alex Smith wisely tells us not to bother uh but 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 Matt what was the I guess i would just say this, that was that was fun we haven't had much fun as as at the fan base has it as a media core we haven't I suspect even the team hasn't that was a fun. From almost from start to finish, all three phases contributed to that, and you could see, you know, post-game we could kind of feel the joy with them, and obviously winning by a lot of points is fun, but it wasn't, I mean, just the way the game played out, uh, the, the trick plays that like we said, everybody was making, a lot of people make a plays, Matt. Uh, I, I don't know, did, did, you, did you subscribe to my fun uh, my fun take on the, on that one?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I've been on the beat since 2017, and I can't really remember a performance, maybe outside of their, like, on Sunday night against the Raiders, where they looked. booked as good as they did and you know a- antonio gibson with the wave on a second touchdown was you know just stuff like that scott turner's late calling it, it was really fun and you know it, it makes it interesting down the stretch because even though there's five games left now they're in position a little bit and we can talk about whether they're going to win the east but you know it makes it more interesting for sure
1: F-
0: Phillips, what was
1: it- you, you know, I, I think the fun part of it, too, is this was not a nail-biter of a game, and this was not the kind of game uh, that, they, that they backed their way into. They won this thing decisively at the end, and, and that's important to have the games like that from time to time. Uh, you, know, you can't win every game by two, and, and you know if you're in every game down to, down to the last second, you kind of toss it up to the mercy of chance and whatever the officials see and whatever it is, three touchdowns for Antonio Gibson. Uh, you know, McLaurin had a great game, had his play. Uh, and then Montez Sweat, obviously, with the big interception on defense. But special teams coming through, too. Dressway flipped the field late in the game on a punt. And, of course, reading the Cowboys' fake punt, uh, a full-team effort. Um, you know, Chase Young dominant, as always. I, I wrote after the game, you know, McLaurin and, and, and Young, they are bona fide NFL stars. And just they, there have been guys on this team that have been, good and guys that have been locally well liked I think Ryan Kerrigan's obviously at the top of that pile guys who just have no national traction whatsoever H- how do you get national traction you show up to play in a big game on national tv and I I think that I think it's coming for Terry McLaurin. and I, I think the national attention really is
2: I think it's a coming out party too for Antonio Gibson I mean we mentioned the three touchdowns but uh, apparently, uh, you know, a, a player hadn't done that on Thanksgiving plus 100 yards as well since uh, Barry Sanders in 1997. So it was a hell of a performance, and you know, he has a great attitude. He he's finding he's a big running back who can break tackles. I think he's the type of guy who, who can make highlight shows. And um, yeah, it, it's a uh, that was a nice find in the third
0: round. And, and also, I think it's third third the first... round, third round. <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah, exactly. Both of those guys. Uh I think I also said he was the first rookie. To have three touchdowns on Thanksgiving since Randy Moss, so you know if, if if your name is connected to Randy Moss and Barry Sanders, that's that's not a bad little uh, a bad little Thursday. And, and also, like to to the point of the fun, like look, Dallas's offensive line lost two starters right off the bat, and obviously that kind of limited what they could do to some degree. But you know, it didn't affect their defense. Their defense had been better since the the, the game they played Washington, and yet Washington, you know, was making plays all over the place. And it was McLaurin, it was Gibson. Montez Sweat with the pick six at the end. Uh, Chase Young was was was, was a factor. It's it's not it's one thing to win a game because the other team stinks. It's another thing with the guys that you need to play well. The guys who are you're going to build around, or the ones are actually making the plays. And and that was another example of of, of that. And uh, you know that's another thing that when you have all these young guys, it just makes everything so much more. Uh, it just does. I keep you know. It just keeps. It makes it fun that they're also. Uh, uh, you know, sort, sort of naive to what's kind of going on to a little bit of degree. I mean, Case Young, I don't think he dropped the dude this game, but like he's always <laughs> his, his his press conferences are, are always must see just because you don't quite know what he's going to say in a positive way. Um, so, so that was uh, that was a lot of uh, a, a lot of fun for sure, um, Michael. One thing I was curious I mean, you, about you,
1: you well, you, you can't talk about the young players without talking about Jeremy Reeves, who really validated Ron Rivera's decision. To, to not bring Eric Reed in and to give the young guys some time today. I, I thought he was impressive, but I, I thought most importantly in the post game uh, he talked about, you know, the big goal line stand after Terry McLaurin's tackle. He said, you know, that's the kind of play we build a culture around. Well, shoot, the coach hears that, and he thinks, this guy's running my words back to me. Ryan Rivera smiles a little when he hears that answer. His message is getting through.
0: No, it's it's a good point, and that was asked. I think of Rivera at some point. I've lost track of time. Some point in the last month or so, how do you know that the message is getting through? And he said, when they, when they it back, What they repeat what I say to them to you guys, and uh, and that's an example of that. But but by the way, like in terms of the the, the you know, we could point to the, the Antonio Gibson three touchdowns and Montez Sweat late in the game, and and, and the fake punt. I suspect the play that we will all be re- will remember from this game is Terry McLaurin chasing down Jalen Smith on the. Um, the interception. I mean, Jalen Smith. if You know, Dallas is a uh, trailing, uh, right? Would they would have taken the lead at that point if he run in? Tied it. Tied it. Okay, so he chases him down, tackles him at the four, and then Washington holds him uh, to a field goal. And I wrote a couple weeks ago about how it isn't enough to have young talent. You have to have guys who know how to win. That you have to, your your best players need to be your your hardest workers, and that's something that defines the San Antonio Spurs, the New England Patriots, and with Chase Young and Terry McLaurin. I'm not saying – I'm not comparing them to Tim Duncan and Tom Brady. I'm just saying they – meant from a mentality standpoint, they have that. And when you see what Terry McLaurin does on that play, how does – that? that's only going to inspire everybody else on this team. We already saw him a couple weeks ago with the whole – you know, I, I the captain – the speech that led to him being a captain, essentially, and now this. I mean, it really is the type of stuff that's going to get not just Rivera Jack, but get the other guys in this locker room going and is exactly – after all these years of high-priced free agent signings, you know fake idols, you know guys who just couldn't get it done. These guys really do look like the real deal. And again, it's we'll get to whether they're good in a minute, but 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 at least in terms of a building block, I really do think Michael that that's the type of thing I think going to be the big takeaway from this game uh, ultimately. Right.
2: Uh, well, we even heard last week how Kerrigan said that he have used Chase Young already as a leader in his first year, and we've seen the last last two weeks of Young um, addressing the group. For the game at midfield and it seems like guys really do respect him and yeah he has the work ethic to back
0: it up um M- michael one thing i was going to ask you since you were there what was it like being in a stadium with fans
1: you know i it, it this is the strangest thing to say it didn't feel like it was 30,000 people um they you know it they really did a nice job. We were at uh, Sam Fortier of the Washington Post and I, we were walking around on the concourse before the game, and there were never any spots where it was like, there are a lot of people here, oh, this feels crowded or, or not great. Um, they, they did a very nice job of managing the crowd. Do I prefer to go to games with 30,000 people? No, I don't. We are still in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, but I, I thought they handled it as well as they could have handled it. You know, te- it's Texas, man. Everything's a little little looser here, you know, and I'm not entirely sure the pandemic is is happening with the same amount of urgency here. Uh, But, but it was, uh, it was a real difference maker when the game started, started up, you know, to hear the noise, to hear the flow, uh, you know, beyond just the fake noise, it's much more authentic. It's much more real. I thought it tripped up Darby at one point. um, And and I had mentioned that Darby on, on the touchdown that he gave up when he turned to look back was when the crowd was kind of yelling for the pass, I think it may have thrown him to be playing in front of a crowd.
0: I mean, I was, I mean, I, I know like, obviously these guys have all played before huge crowds throughout their all ca- careers, but you know, when you, I, I mean, look, I know for me right now dealing with society over time, it's weird being around people. So I can only imagine if you're <laughs> playing in games with no, like last week they played a game, zero fans, but you, you and I were outside during the first half of the Bengals game when there was a, a lull in the action and there was no music it was library quiet to go from that to 30,000 people has got to be somewhat jarring, but like, yeah, I mean, uh, so I'll, I'll be sort of curious this week if they say it or next it, week, if they say yeah, anything about that.
1: That place. So, and I know you guys have both been there and Matt, I'd, I'd love to get your opinion. That's a, that's a different world there. I mean, you just, you walk into that stadium, you feel like something big is happening here. It, it's a, it's an incredible venue. It really is.
2: Yeah. I mean, I went for the first time last year and the thing that stands out is, you know, obviously the suites, on the lower level, I don't know if fans are in it this time, but it is just, you know, it's it's what every stadium going forward now models their own stadium after, you know, if a team's building a new stadium, I mean that that's the prime example of what you want.
0: Um let me uh, let me get into some of the game stuff. So one thing that's interesting about the crowd noise to a degree is you know when when there's in normal world when there's a lot of crowd noise you know you, you have to be really tight with your signals and your play calls because you, you can't always maybe hear exactly everything. So Washington had a lot of fun fun gadget plays on offense. We've been seeing more and more of this the last few weeks. But it really like Scott Turner is like I I tweeted at one point like he's calling plays like Levar like Levar Ball level confidence. He is just really feeling himself. Uh, capped off by this uh, fumble ruski play that ron rivera tells us came from the movie little giants i will admit I, it's a hole in my resume to have not seen little giants i may literally have to go watch it today just to get just to get a feel for this play i may have to splurge 399 on on uh, on one of these sites to to to, to do this but uh michael w- w- what's your sense of the scott turner thing? i i really I've, I've said this many times now Benching Dwayne Haskins was not just about the play of the quarterback specifically, it was about giving the offense collectively a chance to open up and do what it could do. And I think that's not the player, not just the players, but the coaches. And I think we're really seeing that with Scott Turner. I thought of some really interesting and and effective calls.
1: Yeah, one thing I've underestimated is how much Alex Smith's attitude is rubbed off because like Kyle Allen could run the whole playbook but I do think he felt like he had to validate his job every week or win his job. And I feel like Alex Smith just has this, even different than 2018, he just has this, like, I am playing with house money approach. And um, it just would, you know, whatever happens, happens. I'm going to let this rip and have fun out there. That's contagious. That's where you want to be as a football player.
2: Yeah. You know what's interesting about Scott Turner too, is part of me wonders if, like is he calling those trick plays to kind of make up for the the talent deficiency because, you know, they had a lot of bargain bin signings, but you also need talented players to make those plays work. And, you know, that was a hell of a throw that Logan Thomas had and um, McKissick. And that was just a great design that caught Dallas off guard. So, you know, it it is really creative. And I think just what they do in terms of just like normal stuff with the formations and the different packages that they like to go with, you know, it, it made this offense a lot more efficient and it looks, it, it's a, it's not great, but it, it's a good offense now with what Smith under,
0: with an undercutter. I mean, f- five straight weeks with at least 20 points. Uh, obviously they scored way more than 20, but that's the first time they've done that since 2017, the 40 getting over 41st time since 2016. Yeah. This is not an offense that any of us are viewing as <laughs> high powered, but you know, the, the, those, those numbers are what they are. And, uh, you know, it, I mean, it's, it's looked more and more efficient. The playmaker stuff is legitimately there. Um, I, I guess this leads to the question, then. This is ultimately the question that, you know, has to be answered. <laughs> are they are they good? Are they are they any good? Like, I still, to some degree, can't even say because, look, Dallas – I mean, they beat a three-win team. Uh, Dallas has got its own problems. Now, Dallas had looked good the last couple of weeks. But, you know, I don't think anybody was – I mean, I, I think I may have said this week, I, I'll say Dallas is now the favorite to the NFC East because – I I don't know. Why not? Why not them? I mean, who knows? But I mean, they, you know, once their offensive line uh, guys went down, then McCarthy, uh, you know, had the terrible play calls, you know, things went south for them. But so, you know, Washington still was slow on offense at the beginning of the game. And I, you know, Dallas is next to last in the league uh, against the run, Michael. So I, I, I can't sit here and say that I know Washington is actually any good yet. At the same time, that was a hell of a win, and I'm not going to discount it, uh, especially two wins in five days. But I I don't know if I can sit here and go, look out. In terms of 2020, I don't know if I can go, look out, here they come.
1: They're not good, but they're not bad. They're they're fine. Uh, you know, th- this is a 500-football team, and, uh, you know, as it's playing right now, they haven't been a 500-football team all year. They've been very bad at points this year. And, uh, you know, they, they've had their ups and downs. But I I, I do think that, you know, whether it's – turning a corner you know being more cohesive i they're going to lose to pittsburgh they're going to lose to seattle and i think they're probably going to lose to san francisco although i'm certainly willing to entertain the idea that that they could win that one um they're not ready to compete with pittsburgh yet let's let's not pretend you know anything of that nature when when they go into the playoffs they're, they're not ready to compete for anything significant but that's okay they don't have to be uh you know it it's a nice diversion to have this NFC East chase um, and to be able to play bad teams and, and have it be for this phony division title. Um, I, I think the long-term question is, are they getting better at? Yes. This team is getting better every week.
2: I, I agree with all that. I mean, you look at their division and I think, or at least kind of on pace to maybe get flex Sunday night, week 17, if the Eagles are right. Yeah. There. All right. <laughs> I mean, you know, make the road trip for that one. So, um, you know, they've really grown. And the thing that was, I think maybe the most impressed I was tonight outside of Gibson was just the way that they responded in the red zone. I mean, we talked about the red zone defense uh, leading up to the game and their top five unit down there in that area. And they only allowed field goals again. So it's just, you know, to be a really elite team, you have to be great in a few areas and they are great in that area. And so it's definitely promising. And I think they can build off this.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, the one thing that's like, no matter how they've looked on the field, the one thing I've, I've just continued to focus on is whenever we ask the players about Ron Rivera, I've never, I, I don't think I've heard one time any kind of dissenting stance of eh, I'm not buying this. And I, you know, look, they, what the, the players know when they're talking to us on Zoom, their comments are being broadcast everywhere. It's not like we're having a, a, a little more of a private one-on-one conversation. So they got to be on their P's and Q's, but they also don't have to build it up the way they do they really buy into it and and i think that's the part we're starting to see more more and more of that just you know there there is like we talked before about the fun there is some joy out there them just being with each other and playing with each other And uh, we can't say we've always we've always heard that um in uh in, in years past uh do i dare ask now that they are right now the first as of this moment they're in first place in the nfc east do i dare ask Michael are they the favorite to win the NFC at this point or do we even like we even like discuss this or should we go the Alex Smith rat up come on don't even bother just go week one week at a time and see what happens uh Matt what do you think about that do, do we even discuss this idea of I think it's okay
2: uh, to, uh, yeah I think it's okay to discuss it but I would <laughs> just judging out the schedules mm-hmm. I, I mean I think the Giants are probably going to beat Cincinnati on, on Sunday so they'll jump to first place for the time being and they have an easier schedule down the stretch so you know, I think the Giants right now are maybe the team favored to win it, but certainly I would put Washington right there. And you know, like I mentioned before, I think a week 17 match, week 17 game in primetime, it might be a real possibility here.
1: But <laughs> I'm I, 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 I'm <laughs> I'm afraid to admit that Matt is Matt is right. It, it is an actual possibility. Um, you know, you're just waiting to see if the if there's something there with the Giants or if that's the team where the coaches are fighting each other. Um, that's what i'm waiting to see (laughs)
0: yeah yeah i i I know this is sort of a a a topic that would be be to a pulp the last few weeks but like the idea of winning the division versus getting a a, the best pick conceivable i know it's not that the team themselves is not picking or choosing they're going to play as hard as they can and whatever happens is going to happen but we on the outside can sort of debate what's where's the better what do they gain more out of playing important games so to speak down the stretch and actually possibly making the playoffs versus well get a top five six pick and then potentially get a quarterback for the future and and so on i i I will say that my whole thought thought was if they actually start playing well like it can't just like back into the playoffs because somebody has to win this division they actually start playing well i will buy i will buy the, the the merit of important games down the stretch can help them be going forward because they are so young. And this was the first game where I'm starting, I would be open to more of not just taking the top five or six pick that I'm, I'm more, if, the, if this is a thing, if they can actually play well the rest of the way like this, I'll buy the idea of the, the better, you know, bigger games down the stretch will benefit them more than just having the top five pick, even though that quarterback thing is still, is still uh, a debate.
2: Right. Well, I think it's beneficial kind of no matter what happens because, you know, you're in competitive games now. And I think the NFC East being as bad as it is, is really just a positive because, you know, if they don't make the playoffs and let's say they finish 5-11, 4-12, that's still a top six to eight pick. I mean, that that can get you a valuable player. Maybe they miss out on the three quarterbacks in this draft that everyone loves, but it still is going Forward, really beneficial to them, and if they win the division at six and ten, they'll still have a pretty good draft position. You know, you can find a useful player in the team They they've done pretty well in that territory in the past, so you know I think it's really beneficial, no matter
0: kind of how it plays out. Wait, we 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 lost we lost we, lo- we lost you there. Say that. Say what your uh, your take again. Oh, I think he dropped off, Matt. So uh I will uh, I will edit out some th- some some things in theory. Assuming I, depending on how lazy I feel um any other uh it was as we see if he comes back any other thoughts Matt about the? I mean like I said I I was there was so much to discuss I mean look we didn't even mention the offensive line this is another game where you know the the holes were there you know by and large you know Alex Smith got sacked on the first possession but by and large I think they did a pretty good job against you know a, a Dallas defensive line that's got some talent um you know, and this is, we, I tweeted at some point during in the game, we really don't talk about the offensive line anymore. And I mean that in a good way, <laughs> you know, and this is with, you know, a, a, a mishmash of, of people. Morgan Moses is on the left side, David Sharp who hadn't really played at all this year on the right side. Um, you know, the, 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 those guys have done well. We mentioned Jeremy Reeves earlier, a guy that came in and, you know, Troy Apke played as, as well. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, uh just all, all, uh, all, I don't know. There's just so many interesting variables to discuss, and we'll all, we'll have all up a few more days before uh, next week kicks in. But was there anything else for you that we didn't get to that was kind of uh, something to, to, to hit on?
2: No, I, I mean, I think they uh, it was just a really complete performance. I mean, we talked about him and we talked about Gibson. Um, I, you know, we talked Chase Young was uh, we talked like Chase Young was really great as well. You know, he had a sack. Uh, he was tremendous against the run, like he's always been. I think that also kind of impressed me was, you know, Dallas really targeted Ronald Darby all game. And he gave up that long touchdown. But I think another play that was really kind of key for them was when Dallas went for it on fourth and inches and they threw the ball his way. And, um, you know, I thought it was a nice
0: launch <laughs> for him. Gotcha. I think Michael's back. Michael, uh, the I I've only it. got
1: I've only got 3G service. I don't know what kind of part of America this is, but that's, that's disturbing. That's still allowed to happen in our great nation.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you know, come on. I thought, I thought everything is bigger in Texas. They should have like eight <laughs> G, not, 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 I agree. The other way. They,
1: they should have eight. They should have eight G down here. I, the only thing I was going to add to your previous point was, oh, that, w- what a, what a tease! You literally uh, in this draft, you're either number one or you're not. You're either getting Trevor. Size eight, Chase. Wait, Michael, we uh, we're going to try that one more time. Are you there? We we lost you. Say, what was your what were you going to add to the point about the draft versus <laughs> playing game? Yeah, you, you, you last year Chase Young was a can't-miss player. I don't think there are can't-miss players in the 4 to 5 range. You're either getting Trevor Lawrence or you're not. It, and they're not. So I I'm I'm fine with with rolling ahead with winning. I I don't think there's a can't-miss guy for you by losing. Got it.
0: Fair fair enough. Um, all right, gentlemen. I really appreciate you guys jumping on, uh, Michael. I'm sure you've got uh, things to do. I don't know if you got a big night planned in, in Dallas or whoever else is there, but uh, I wish you I wish you luck uh, navigating that scene. And uh, Matt Paris, appreciate you as well. Uh, I guess just quickly tell the audience, uh, Michael, if you want to go up. Oh, m- m- I don't know if Michael's there now, but Matt, what uh, tell everybody where to find you on social media and, and what what you've got coming up in the in the times so we can- yeah, you can find me
2: at Matthew underscore P A R A S. And then, uh, as for what I have coming this week, uh, you know, just dailies and maybe I've got some big features on the, the can, but we'll, we'll see if I can get it done in time. So <laughs> that's,
1: that's, a, that's a modest guy right there. I don't miss Matt, pa- Matt Paris's coverage of Washington football. It's very good. Uh, Michael Phillips, I'm the guy with a bad cell phone uh Richmond.com is the website michaelprtd on twitter it, it has been uh, great fun to be in the standing standing room so thank you for having me hey wait michael I have
0: one last question how on earth did you find so so the, so they run the fumble ruski play whatever and then okay it was cool like i went and looked up the original fumble ruski because i knew where, where where to find that but you found that the play that rivera ran in 2011 but you did it fairly quick how did you like
1: how did you literally sleuth that out I looked for N- the last NFL fumble ruseki. I was googling, and uh, there was a story of Rivera run- running it in twenty eleven. So NFL Game Pass is your friend. I, I fired it up, uh, found the clip, and uh, my goodness, it's almost exactly the same. Did he give yeah. the same quotes?
2: Did he say it was from Little Giants back then?
0: Yes, <laughs> we they need did. to
2: find out.
0: No, they did. I-, I looked. I googled that, and they did say uh, it- there-, there is. I-, I assume it was that play. There was a. A Carolina play that they gave credit to that play I don't know if it was Singer or Rob Rob Chudzinski was the offensive coordinator Uh, I don't know which one of them said that but yeah somebody mentioned the little giants if you in fact if you google little giants in wikipedia like the wikipedia page there's a reference to that that oh that was excellent so I'm assuming there will be one for this play if not already there at some point over the next day or two and I really can't believe I'm going to go have to watch this movie, but apparently this is what's going to happen. This is how I'm going to spend my Thanksgiving.
2: Break down the all 22 on Little Giants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get Mark Bullock to, uh, to to break it down for me on tape. All right, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll see you guys uh, on Zoom tomorrow. See you on the Zoom. All right. I won't see you guys on the Zoom uh, Friday when Ron Rivera talks, but I hopefully will see you uh, uh on Twitter, at Ben Standing, if you want to hit me up, I'll, 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 I'll see you by, the, by virtue of your downloads here on the Standard Room Only podcast. And, uh, look, I'll, I'll see your good vibes out there in the world. It was a, a fun week for the Washington football team. Two big wins, starting with Cincinnati on Sunday, to go from half being down at halftime in that game where Joe Burrow and the Bengals are moving the ball up and down the field but just couldn't score to where we are now with Washington having won two games. It's quite the swing, but it's a fun one for sure so uh many thanks again to michael phillips from the richmond times dispatch matt paris from the washington times and of course thanks to you guys for your time thanks to of course like sincerely if it's thanksgiving and of course but you know thanks to supporting the podcast and of course all of you have supported my work with the athletic and anywhere else i've come through um your, your world i can't say enough how much i appreciate the support out there um that's it we'll have more to talk about here next week on the Standard room Only podcast. I've got a fun podcast I think planned for Monday. I'm excited for that. But for now, Ben Standing signing off. Until next time.